Welcome to the teaching of the New Pathways Part 1. My name is Pastor Gail Crock, and what we have decided to do is break this teaching up into a five-part series to make it easier for you that are on the go each and every day living a busy life. So I hope you enjoy this and I pray that God will bless you as you listen to part one. Welcome to the teaching on New Pathways. My name is Chaplain Gail Crock. I am president and co-founder of Spiritual Care Consultants of West Michigan. I want to welcome those of you that are here today and those that will be listening by CD and one of the things that I was thinking about when I was developing this, because this has been kind of a request, we need a CD called New Pathways, because when you go through the healing process and you go through spiritual care, you go through six hours of intense ministry, and you know as well as I do, for all of you to remember everything that I've said in six hours, or maybe another consultant has said is practically impossible. So having a CD dedicated to New Pathways is important, because you can go over and over and over again, and you can maintain what you have received. And one of the things, I was when I was praying about this teaching, the Lord was kind of putting on my heart, let them know battles will come. Just because you have received healing and find yourself in a better battle, in a better place, wonderful. But God wants you to know trouble will come your way. But the new pathways enable you to get through the trouble, to get through the storm in victory and success and you'll be able to walk through the stress, anxiety and depression without it sticking to you and becoming a part of your life or sinking down into your soul. In fact, I want to say right at the very beginning, as you listen to the pathways, I want you to think about stress, anxiety, depression, anger and rage and watch how each one of these new pathways can relate to what you're going through and can be a tool to help you in the midst of your struggle. Jesus said in John 16, 33, he said, I told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So what Jesus is saying is this, if you stay in me, you will have peace. But if you get out of me and if you don't stay in me, you're not going to have the peace you need in the midst of the storm. And when I was thinking about this, I thought, is there a scriptural precedent for someone who was victorious in the Bible and found a place of healing and yet, let, and yet later in his life found himself facing many battles? And the answer is yes. His name is Paul. As you know, before he was Paul, his name was Saul, right? And on the road to Damascus, he encountered a bright light from heaven and he was converted and his name became Paul, and he spent another 15 years being discipled. His life was healed up. He was on track. He was doing well. But I want you to read a scripture with me or go through a verse of scripture with me that talks about the life of Paul and everything he went through. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 24 through 25. This is Paul speaking, he says. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Wow, that'd be enough to have that one time, and he had a five. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a day and a night in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger uh, from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, 
in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. Wow. Look at the persecution this man went through. Look at the battles he had to face for the cause of Christ. And yet, at the end of his life, when he was walking to get his head chopped off, because that's how he died, he was beheaded. Listen to what he says in 2 Timothy 4, 7. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. This walk with the Lord is all about keeping the faith. And what Paul was saying in that, he was the same one that wrote in Romans 12, 2, that we are to renew our minds. Why? If we don't renew our minds, we'll go back to our old stinking thinking, right? And so we see that in 2 Timothy 4, 7, he's walking to be a martyr. He's going to die. In his last words, I fought a good fight. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. And what I want to say to you today is this. Jesus wants you to know you can keep the faith. He wants you to know that no matter what storm hits you, you can make it through. And the pathways become the tools you need and the weapons in your hands to get through the storm. You know, in the Old Testament, there was fire upon the altar of God. And I don't know if you realize this, but the fire that burnt on God's altar had to be kept day and night. And then when we look into Matthew, verses, Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13, we have the story of the five wise and five foolish virgins. Five of them had enough oil for their lamps, right? Five of them did not. The five wise, their lamps were trimmed, kept, and bright. They had kept the faith. So when the bridegroom came, they were able to go in. And when the bride, the other five who didn't have enough oil in their lamp, they weren't able to go in. What I want to say to you today is this. New pathways is not about behavioral modification. If you're just trying to use new pathways to change your behavior, it will never work. What you get with behavioral modification is you get disappointment. Because when you fail and when you don't do something right, you get disgusted with yourself and all depressed. I want you to know that with the new pathways, you are going to make mistakes, and that's all right. You're not going to do everything right all the time. This is not about that. This is about taking the new pathways that you're learning and pressing into God until you have a fresh encounter with His presence. Only His presence can truly change your heart that will change your mind. If you're just trying to do it in a religious habit, it won't work. So what I want you to know today is that God is with you. He wants you to get into his word. He wants you to press in and have an encounter with him. Then you will experience change. Why do you think that Saul became Paul after he had an experience on the road to Damascus? I mean, come on, the man was knocked off his horse by a bright light. Wouldn't that change your life too? And then it was not only that experience, he was blinded by that light, and he had to go into town. Someone had to lead him by the hand, and then God sent a man named Ananias. God spoke to Ananias in a dream, and he said, Ananias, 
There is a man named Saul, and God give him his address. This is my instrument. I want you to go there. He's praying. He's also seeing Univision. And I want you to lay hands on him and pray for him, and he'll receive his sight. Ananias said, oh, God, you've got to be crazy. I'm out of your head. You know that man's a dangerous man. But Ananias went and laid his hands on brother Saul, and he, God restored his sight. And Saul became Paul and had an encounter with the living Christ, with the Messiah. And his life was forever changed. I want you to know that's the only way that true change comes. And then when I was thinking about the new pathways, I thought, why is the Word of God so important? Why is it so important that we develop the new pathways? God reminded me of 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, which says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Did you get that? It's not just a book you're holding in your hand. The Word of God is God-breathed. It is inspired. It is alive. So when you begin to develop the new pathways, what happens is that Word begins to work in your mind. There's a, and then the Lord brought me to another scripture too. It's Hebrews 4.12 which says, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joint marrow, and it judges the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Listen to this. The Word of God is alive, and it is active, and it is sharper than a two-edged sword. Listen, as you and I develop a new pathway, what happens is when we start to go down a wrong path, the Word of God reminds us, the pathway is there to remind us, yo, you're going down the old way again. And it helps you to re re remember to correct your course. And so that's why it's so important. And not only that, look at what it does. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit. Man, that is pretty close together. Joint and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and the intents of our heart. You know what we say when we go through the new pathway? Healing has three parts. God has his part. He provides the power. The consultant part and role is to help develop the pathways as tools for the client when they're coming through. And then the client's part is to use the tools they've been given. Now, if we give you a hammer, we expect you to use it. The pathways don't do any good unless you use them. And you know, God may be all-powerful, and yet he is what? Limited. God is limited. How is he limited? He is limited by the choices you and I make. Thank you for joining me for the teaching of the New Pathways Part 1. I pray that it was helpful, and I pray that it will help change your life and bring you closer to Jesus each and every day. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for those that have listened to part one today, and I pray that you would help them to remember what they've learned. In Jesus' name, amen.